You're very welcome to this Back to School podcast, which is being recorded on August 24th, 2021. My name is Noreen Lawler, and over the course of this podcast, my CPSMA colleagues, Susan Carpenter, John Condon, Paul O'Donnell, and myself, hope to address some of the common queries that our members have posed as they prepare for the beginning of the new school year. Now, our responses are based on the information that's available at this particular point in time. So it's important to bear in mind that the advice is subject to change, particularly in the light of updates and guidance from the Department of Education. Now, it goes without saying that if you have specific queries which are not answered in the course of the podcast, please contact the CPSMA advice line on 01-6292-462 through email on info at cpsma.ie or log a query through the CPSMA app. So to begin with, I'm going to ask Susan to talk to you about the updated COVID response plan. Susan. Thanks, Noreen. As we know, the COVID response plan was last updated by schools in February 2021. The August 2021 version does not require schools to take action in advance of normal reopening. The clear message to schools as we reopen is that the provisions which were in place at the end of the last school year should underpin your procedures for the 21-22 school year. In other words, pick up where you left off. If there is a change in the lead worker representative, a replacement will need to be appointed as per section 4.3 of the plan and the appropriate training undertaken. There isn't a requirement to have the COVID response plan ratified by the Board of Management before schools reopen, but it should be brought for noting to your next planned Board of Management meeting. The return to work form has been amended and the updated form can be found at Appendix 2 of the COVID response plan. It now includes the question, have you been categorised as very high risk or high risk by the Occupational Health Service, OHS? Once this new return to work form is completed and returned in advance of the return to work, any further absence later in the school year will only require verbal confirmation or confirmation in writing that the details in the original form remain unchanged. We would recommend that staff complete an updated return to work form after each school closure or holiday period. In relation to the COVID-19 Return to Educational Facility Parental Declaration form, whilst the form is still available, there is no requirement to complete it in advance of the new school year. The Department of Education is launching a social media campaign for parents, which will address the issue of when pupils should not attend school. The Department of Education helpline and the HSE principal helplines will remain in operation for the coming school year. That's great, Susan. Thank you. And just, I suppose, not a not unrelated issue. We've received a high number of calls in relation to the protocol following overseas travel. So you might address that for us, please. Absolutely, Noreen. And we have received a lot of queries on this and our advice has been the same for all of those queries. Government advice on international travel can be found on the government's website, www.gov.ie. This advice was published initially on the 14th of July 2021, and the page is regularly updated. The most recent update was on August the 10th. It's the responsibility of the person travelling, whether they're a staff member or a parent or a guardian, to check the public health advice and the restrictions in place in the country that they plan to visit. 
as well as the protocols that are required to be followed on their return to Ireland. These protocols may change over time, depending on the COVID status of the country visited. The return to work form now references returning from travel abroad, and employees will need to declare this, as it may, be need, it may need to be considered to allow a safe return to work. That's great, Susan. Thank you for that. So I'm going to hand you over to Paul now, and Paul's going to give you an update on the rollout and the use of CO2 monitors. So, Paul. Thank you, Noreen. So the first delivery of monitors will take place this week, and schools may already have received an email from Lennox Laboratories, who are the Department of Education approved supplier. Uh, The remaining monitors are scheduled to be delivered by mid-September. All schools will have some monitors before school starts and small schools will possibly have all of their allocation in the first delivery. We have had a number of queries in relation to the number of monitors to be supplied based on the Department of Education bans, as the bans don't extend to a monitor per classroom. So, for example, a school with five to eight mainstream classrooms will receive five monitors. Schools have already been implementing good ventilation practices, including having windows and doors open on a regular basis to ensure a through flow of fresh air to mitigate against COVID-19. The monitor is an additional aid to assist with this practice. They detect the amount of CO2 in the air and they work on a traffic light system. Green for low levels of CO2 and good air quality, but amber or red indicate higher levels of CO2 and that extra ventilation measures are needed. Schools can then, I suppose, one, make an effort to improve ventilation as per the Department of Education guidance, or number two, in exceptional circumstances, contact the building unit in the Department of Education who will support the school in whatever way they can. The monitors are portable and can be readily rotated so that all classrooms can be assessed and deficits addressed. Ventilation, of course, will depend on the size of the room, the number of pupils or staff in it, the number of windows in it. So it's advised that schools start with rooms that have already been identified as having poor ventilation than others for whatever reason. And further guidance on ventilation in schools is available at www.gov.ie. That's great, Paul. Now, we know that the allocated monitors that you've described there, they're being provided free of charge to all schools. But we have had a number of queries in relation to other COVID funding, we'll say for for enhanced cleaning and the supply of sanitizer and PPE. Well, as Susan mentioned earlier, if schools are picking up where they left off, then they will obviously need continued funding for enhanced cleaning, sanitizer and PPE, as you mentioned, Noreen. We understand that a circular outlining the exact grant figure is due to be published shortly, but schools can reasonably expect to plan for the same level of additional cleaning support for the reopening of the coming school year. And again, just a reminder, for extra cleaning hours that are being allocated to staff, they will only be in place for as long as the additional funding is provided. So they should be kept separate on a contractual basis from regular cleaning hours. And we recommend that a separate specified purpose contract is drawn up for these hours and a template is available on the appointment section of our website, www.cpsma.ie. That's great, Paul. And I have one last question for you. And I suppose it relates to picking up where we left off. What about face-to-face staff meetings and board meetings? 
Yeah, well, Lauren, there's a number of areas that kind of come up once you start to look at this area. So the, again, the general response here is the same. Practice the precautionary principle, keep in place what was in place in the last term of the last school year. Keeping in mind that the COVID-19 response plan says staff meetings should be held remotely or in small groups or in large spaces to facilitate physical distancing. And the message is avoid unnecessary gatherings. So this unfortunately includes school assemblies for now as well. In terms of the child protection oversight report at board meetings, it should not be provided at remote meetings unless it is a nil report that does not require the oversight of documents. However, one face-to-face -face board meeting per term should be held solely for the purpose of presenting a child protection oversight report. And then extending out, because this does extend out into other queries in relation to school trips, choirs, inter-school sports, this is under consideration at the minute and the department will issue advice in due course. But again, we would caution to, to extend slowly and stick with what has been done for now. And finally, if I can mention, Noreen, sure. schools are being recommended to continue to facilitate student placements or teaching practice as it's commonly known, as it's considered an integral part of the primary school system. If students don't get placement, they can't qualify and we don't have teachers for the system. And the Teaching Council has issued guidance to the higher education institutes in relation to flexibility in that process. And they're all very much aware of the COVID-19 response plans and measures that are in schools and that they should be respected. That's great, Paul. And thanks for that comprehensive update. So now we're going to move on to the issue of pregnant staff returning to school. And again, it's a topic that has generated a considerable number of queries from our members. So John, can I ask you to take this one, please? Sure, no problem. Thanks, thanks, Noreen. So as Circular 42-2021 was published on the 11th of August, and it provides for details on the special arrangements to cater for COVID-19 for teachers and special needs assistance. Whilst the circular updated the advice in relation to special leave with pay and other leave arrangement, it was the pregnant employee section that generated the majority of the queries. Appendix G to circular is a one-page summary for pregnant employees to assist them in determining what their status is in terms of attending the workplace. From the board management perspective, as an employer, they have a responsibility under the Safety, Health and Welfare at Work Act of 2005 to ensure the safety and welfare of staff at work. It is the duty of the employer to carry out a risk assessment to meet these obligations, including workplace pregnancy risk assessments. To assist our boards in conducting a risk assessment for pregnant employees, CPSMA have devised a template, which will need to be amended to reflect a school's unique context. You will find this template on the COVID-19 resource repository of the CPSMA website. This website contains the Department of Education publications, guidance notes, um, circulars, information notes, and any other COVID-19 resources listed in chronological order, starting with the most recent. If you remember from students' reference to the return to work form, 
employees are required to declare if they have been categorized as very high risk or high risk by the Occupational Health Service, DOHS. The HSE guidance for the education sector advises that all pregnant employees submit a COVID-19 risk assessment questionnaire to the OHS before the end of their first trimester. In general terms, all OHS categorized high-risk employees can attend the workplace if medically fit for work. An exception to this would be maybe in a special school setting where social distance is not consistently possible. Section 4.5 of Circular 42 2021 gives direction on how the special education setting can be assessed. DOHS categorization needs to be factored in to the Board of Management's risk assessment. That's great, John. Now that covers teachers and it covers special needs assistance. But what about the ancillary staff? Do the same provisions apply? Well, Noreen, an employee who's, who considers that they're in the very high risk category must have their risk status reviewed by the OHS. So any school secretaries, caretakers, cleaners or bus escorts who were previously assessed as very high risk must undertake an OHS risk assessment to determine their current status. In addition, any employee who is over 70 years of age must also submit a COVID risk assessment to the OHS before they can attend the workplace. That's great, John. Now, I have two very quick queries in relation to leave. Firstly, in relation to release days for deputy principals in schools that have an administrative principal. Now, this provision was made during the 2020-2021 school year. Is it set to continue? Yes, Noreen. The department has confirmed the same provision for um, Circular 45-2020 will apply for the forthcoming school year. That's great. I think that news will be welcomed by many of our schools. And the very last one for you. What about EPV days? Well, last year, the department issued Information Note 008-2020, which provided for the Department of Education substitute cover for the first day of EPV leave taken by a teacher in the school year. The updated Information Note 0018-2021 contains the same provision for the 21-22 school year. The first day of a teacher's EPV leave can be covered by the Department of Education funded substitute. Subsequently, EPV leave may be taken only where the effect on the school's operation is minimal and where it can be facilitated without disruption to the teaching of the class and without the division of the class group between other classes. A similar carryover measure will apply for where accumulated untaken EPV leave can be carried over to the 2022-23 school year, subject to a maximum entitlement of five days. Boards are advised to ascertain the number of EPV days the teachers are entitled to, so that they can plan within the resources that are available. The requirement for approval for EPV leave by the employer does not change under the provisions of the information note. That's great, John, and thank you very much for that update. 
So we're coming to the end of our podcast, but I would just like to take this opportunity to address a number of governance issues that may apply to your schools as the new school year begins. If you are a newly appointed principal or if there are other newly appointed board members, you should arrange to sign Form 2, the Declaration of Acceptance of Membership of the School's Board of Management, which you will find in the Governance Manual for Primary Schools 2019 to 2023. Now, as you know, the governance manual is available online and it's the go-to document for all board members. This declaration should be signed by each of the new members at or before the first meeting of the board that he or she attends. Now, just to help you with this, there are three recorded webinars on our website which set out the operation of the board, the functions, the roles, responsibilities, board meetings. And this would be a good starting point for new members as well as for existing members of the board, of course, that, that doesn't stop them from viewing those uh, webinars. Again, some advice for newly appointed principals. Ensure that the board appoints a designated liaison person and a deputy designated liaison person in line with the child protection procedures and that the DLP and deputy DLP are named in the child protection safeguarding statement and risk assessment. In relation to employment contracts, if you are unsure of the type of contract to put in place for a new employee, whether it's a permanent contract, fixed term, for example, to cover a career break or job share, or a specified purpose contract, perhaps to cover a maternity leave or a parental leave, please contact the office for advice and we'll direct you to the relevant template on our website. Finally, a reminder of the broad range of support services provided by the Employee Assistance Service under Spectrum Life. Now, last year, this scheme was extended to all of school staff. So please bring it to the attention of all of your employees. Details of their upcoming seminars for principal and deputy principal mental health were circulated to all of our member schools on Wednesday, the 18th of August. I would like to take this opportunity to thank Susan Paul and John for joining me in this presentation. We wish you every blessing for a successful reopening of your schools. Ganairi live, agus bigi kinta gomemid an shak kontakiyakt, agus korla a hortiyev lilin an skolvlian shakhun. Slan tamal.